Hello everyone, can I uh, take the opportunity to extend to you a very warm welcome as we gather on this Lord's Day uh, to worship our eternal God. Uh, we have gathered uh, over the internet uh, and we have come uh, to praise and adore our God. Can I just keep you informed and up to speed with some of the things that are going on in terms of Bible teaching in addition to this uh, broadcast? We have a time of youth worship uh, which goes out on Sunday evenings at 5pm and that's geared towards uh, teens, teenagers and young adults. Then on Wednesday nights at 8pm uh, we have our midweek Bible study. Currently uh, there we're studying and learning from the letter of Titus so if you're able to join there with us that would be brilliant. And then after uh, midweek uh, finishes we're introducing our first zoom prayer meeting on wednesday evening and that'll be at 8 45 so uh, if you'd like to be part of that if you contact me with the details at the end of this broadcast i'll give you the uh, relevant codes and then on thursdays uh, we have established our weekly uh, business lunchtime talk uh, running at 10 past one and we're looking at how we can put the bible back into business uh, so uh, again feel welcome and encouraged to join us there uh, the ministry of our church continues uh, using different methods uh, and we would encourage you to continue with your financial support uh, and you'll find the details of how you can uh, Give us and send us your offering uh, through the details at the end of this broadcast. Today we're coming to think about the crazy life of Joseph in a house of lies. And as we prepare our hearts and minds to do that, uh, we turn to one of our elders who will now read from Genesis chapter 37 verses 23 to 36. And these verses that we're going to listen to give us some insight into the lie that was lived in Joseph's family home for quite a number of years. We encourage you to stay with us as we learn more about Joseph's life and indeed about our own. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, lifted the ornamental robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty, there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. The camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and then they waited to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for twenty shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern, he saw that Joseph was not there. He tore his clothes, came back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn to now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see if it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal had devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. 
All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, in morning I will go down to the grave with to my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the yard. Let's bow and come to Almighty God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, as we gather in our own homes in this act of worship, we draw aside from the normal stresses and strains of family life to thank you for the family of faith, to thank you for the church of Jesus Christ that unites us in worship today. We confess, Lord God, that as we come and bow before you, that sadly there are times when we are too keen to dress up our lives to be something that they are not. Lord, there are times when we are living a lie before you. And Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for that. We're living a lie before you or before our family or before others. Lord, there just seems to be those times and those occasions, whether short or long, when it's easier to pretend. It's easier to pretend than face up to the realities of who we really are and where we are in our lives and our walk with you. And so, as we bow before you, we humbly repent of our sins and we ask that you would forgive us as we look to you, our Saviour, in confidence that you are able and that you are willing to forgive our sins. Lord God, we ask that you would teach us through the life and through the family of Joseph so that our lives may be more real, they may be more authentic, and they may be more Christ-like, and that we may have the strength through the presence of the Holy Spirit to resist the temptation to live in a house of lies, whether that be in our homes or in our church. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be honest about who we are and trust that by faith in you, the perfect plan for our lives and our church is being worked out as we come and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, uh, if you have been uh, journeying with us week by week, you'll understand we're in this series, uh, The Crazy Life of Joseph. And if you've dropped in for the first time, you're very welcome to stay with us as we pick up The Crazy Life of Joseph in a House of Lies. Today, we're back with this young man, Joseph, who has been seized by his brothers at a place called Dothan. And Joseph has been stripped of his robe. He's been dumped in a deep pit or an empty cistern. He's in the ground waiting to die. The young man of 17, 70 miles from home, his mother dead and his father unable to do anything as his short life flashed before his very eyes. And yet, over there, just a few metres away, sat his brothers eating a meal. Ironically, if there's a place in family, unite, in family life that unites us, it's the table where we eat. It's the place where we share our food. But not this time. What kind of brothers were they? Having thrown Joseph into this deep pit, they sat down to eat a meal. 
They had no loss of appetite. They had no sense of guilt or remorse. And there's no pity for they eat their meal, most likely within the earshots of their brother Joseph. They're within the earshot of his cries that come from the bottom of the pit. Joseph sadly was rejected by his brothers. And yet, as Christians, we can have every sympathy with Joseph because that's something we can identify with at some time or other in our lives. If we are living as God desires, we will be rejected of men. There will be that occasion, there will be that time, that view or stance will put us in a position where just as Jesus was rejected, our view, we will be rejected. Being rejected for the right reason or being rejected for living out our faith is a cause for encouragement, not despair. Rejection can be best handled by an awareness that God has a part for us to play in this world, a part to play in our lives. The hearts of the brothers, we observe they had gradually hardened towards Joseph, hardened to the extent that they were prepared to murder him, but for the restraint of the eldest brother called Reuben. The hearts of the brothers had sadly, somewhere along the journey of life, started to believe their own lies, or their own version of the truth for that matter, about their younger brother Joseph, so they could no longer love him as their brother. The brothers, having seized Joseph, having removed his clothes, having pushed him into the pit, were willing to leave him to die. Their, their conscience had become seared. They no longer felt any emotions towards him. And sadly, this can still happen in families and in churches today. We, we can tell our hearts and minds to believe things about people that are simply not true. We can start so easily to create our own version of the truth. We can start to believe lies which then in turn cause us to resent or to despise or to speak ill or gossip about some one individual or some group of people. We can identify with Joseph and we can see parallels between the life of Joseph and our Saviour Jesus Christ. We remember from our reflections and studies at Easter that Jesus was stripped of his clothes. He was put in a grave. He was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. His brothers, the Jews, rejected him as people's hearts were hardened by gossip and lies until they were willing to crucify him. As has been said in the context of marriage, especially whenever things are at a rocky uh, place, there is her story, there is his story, and then there is the truth. And we need always to be seeking the truth because truth is the bedrock to any relationship. Truth was missing in the home and the family of Joseph and things were about to get worse. They were living in a house of lies. Now, quite a few years ago it is now, but 
when I was in sales, uh, part of my role as territory manager was to understand what motivated each customer that I had to deal with. What made them get out of bed in the morning? What made them tick? And then link that to our products. We had to be able to link our products to their motivator, their driver, so that they were encouraged to buy. And so we could ask, what was it that fired up these brothers? Was it hatred of Joseph? Was it the opportunity to make money? Was it the opportunity to be their boss and to be able to do their own thing? As a type of Christ or as a pointer to Christ, the cause of Joseph's rejection would most accurately be a refusal to submit to the authority of Joseph. He was the one who threatened their power and their prestige. We could argue that Joseph was rejected because they deeply resented the authority his father had granted him over them. But influenced by Reuben, the brothers stepped back from murder and instead they got involved in human trafficking by selling their brother for 20 shekels of silver. And to me, as I read through this passage in preparation, I, I thought to myself, it, it was a miracle that these traitors came along just at the right time to buy Joseph. It was a miraculous way for God to get Joseph transported free of charge from Dothan to Egypt to allow the God-given dreams of Joseph to come to pass. But the brothers weren't finished yet. They could still sink deeper into the pit of hard-heartedness. Uh, and they did this by contriving a story for their father Jacob, as you see in verse 31. Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered the goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. So the brothers, they sought to cover up the disappearance of Joseph through lies. The brothers then, in verse 32, they took the robe to the father, claiming they had found it. And from this reading, it appears that the robe is still in one piece. They didn't say anything, but, but they, they handed the robe to their father Jacob. Uh, and they asked him to identify the robe and examine it and check to see if it was Joseph's. And Joseph, or Jacob uh, recognized the robe and he said in verse 33, it is my son's robe. Jacob and his mother... had used a goat to deceive his father Isaac. And now the tables were turned. And he was the one deceived by the blood of a goat. And so the house of lies was sustained. This family would now carry another dark secret for many years. I don't know how much reading you do, but in May last year, the author, Ian Rankin, he released his 22nd installment in the Inspector Rebus series called In a House of Lies. It was actually number one seller in the hardback charts on the first week of its release. 
And the reviews for In a House of Lies indicate that everyone has something to hide. Everyone has secrets. Uh, the, the book itself deals with a new murder inquiry by a detective inspector who combs through the mistakes of the previous murder inquiry. There were always suspicions over how the investigation was previously handled and how after a decade without answers, now is the time for truth. In this thriller novel, it turns out that nobody is innocent. Every officer involved must be questioned and it seems as they are questioned, every officer has something to hide and something to lose. And that very much relates and connects with this family of Joseph. And yet, if we're honest, aren't all our families to some degree at least a house of lies? How many times have we presented our parents or presented someone with a piece of information and allowed them to draw their own conclusion? which you knew was untrue? Or when did you last tell half of the story, knowing that you were actually painting someone in a bad light by not giving the full picture? How often have we tried to cover up, or how often have we tried to keep quiet some event or some incident involving our family so that we didn't let the family name down. If truth be told, aren't we all experts to some degree at keeping up appearances and defending the family name? Not only were Joseph's brothers completely aloof to the suffering of Joseph and now their father Jacob, but also that they seemed to get a kick out of it. There's no gentle approach by them, only the crude act of sending the bloody coat to him and letting him draw their desired conclusion. It was a heartless deed, but one that accurately reflected their spiritual condition. Jacob, he thought the worst. He convinced himself that his favourite son Joseph was dead. The sons they had manipulated and they had created the circumstances to influence their father's analysis. Was the father deceived? Was he lied to? You think through that for yourself, but ultimately, Jacob went into mourning for his son, and life for Jacob seemed hardly worth living any longer. The only thing Jacob could look forward to was the grave. For many years, Jacob would live with the lie that his son was dead. The sons, they all lived and they all ate and they all worked in a house of lies. They lived a lie pretending that their brother was dead while he was safe and well in Egypt. Jacob himself had deceived and lived a lie. And so was history catching up on him. Will the past catch up with these brothers? And have we a past that one day will catch up with us?
we, we should have a desire, we should have an aspiration to live in truthfulness. We should have a desire and aspiration to, to confess rather than to lie. Rather than to tell half-truths. Rather than to continually try covering things up. In terms of family life, the story of Joseph can be a wonderful encouragement, especially to Christian parents. To those Christian parents who one day, having raised their child, will turn them loose in the world. It may be in the form of sending a child off to college to work, to university, or it may be that they have married and they're going to be far from home. They're going to be far away from the supervision and the influence of parents. So to all who are parents, you will have to face the time when we cannot control the environment in which our children will live. All we can do is trust that as God cared for Joseph, he will care for them. Joseph was abruptly torn from his father and friends and family. He was removed from godly influences and encouragement. He, he was placed among people who did not believe in his God or in his convictions. In Egypt, there was a strong temptation to sin. And yet, even though he was apart from his family and from their support, Joseph not only survived, but he was strengthened. And we too should be encouraged about our young people as they follow Christ far from home, that they will be guided and protected, even though they're without Christian friends or even though they can find themselves without fellowship. And so as we think about this family this family who lived in the house of lies, we might be astounded that the roots of Israel's race and religion go back to this dysfunctional family who have conspired to do away with their own flesh and blood. Paul, in the New Testament, he taught in Romans chapter 9 that election is not based on the works which a person has done or will do in the future. And so surely as we think about the choice of these sons of Israel, it illustrates to us the principle of election. God is willing to choose whom he will for his plan and for his purpose. And that choice is not based of the good that we have done. It is at his good pleasure that we have been chosen. This dysfunctional family wouldn't have been good enough by their actions to serve God. But in his plan, in his will, he chose them despite their actions. In addition to the, the doctrine that we see here of election, we also have the doctrinal teaching on the sovereignty of God, which is summarized again in the words of Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so this morning, uh, as we prepare to wrap up, 
we realise and maybe we come to understand that our family may not be perfect. We could in some way be living a lie. And if that is the case, God wants us to confess it to him and allow God to use us. This morning we may be skilled in half-truths and deceptions and if that is the case, God wants us to confess it to him and to always desire and seek the truth. What a difference there would be in this world if we didn't live in a house of lies, but rather that we lived in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that gospel which is able to make us wise unto salvation. And so in closing, let's be encouraged this morning that no matter how dysfunctional our family, no matter how great the cloud of lies that we live in, that we are not beyond God's redemption. We're not beyond being part of his purpose and plan. So this morning I encourage you in closing to seek Almighty God and to trust in him for your salvation. Amen. With that in mind, let's come and pray. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you again for the teaching of your word and how that can encourage us, how that can challenge us. And so, Lord, we come and we pray for individuals and we pray for families this morning who are carrying secrets. Lord, we pray for families who are trying to keep up appearances. We pray, Lord, that this teaching, this story of Joseph, may bring them encouragement yes there may be difficulties lord but we pray that you would use it for good lord we pray for people for whom life on the inside is not as pleasant as it looks on the outside lord god we pray that you would help us that you would assist us to be truthful that you would help us to see that our human relationships flourish better where there is truthfulness and where there is that deep foundation of trust. Lord, we lay before you all of our families. Lord, we lay before you the family of our congregation and we pray that you would lead us and guide us so that we may flourish in your will and in your plan. Lord, we pray for our internet ministry in its different shapes and forms that no matter how feeble and how inadequate it may feel at times, may we be reassured that there is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform lives from the inside out for now and for all eternity. As we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to the close of our service this morning uh, our words of praise are found in the song praise is rising
is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. Cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away Hosanna Hosanna You are the God who saves us Worthy of all our praises Hosanna Hosanna Come out
come and close in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we come and we thank you for this time gathered around your word. Lord, we pray that as we have listened, that our hearts may be able to comprehend what you're saying to us. And so, Lord, when we are down and helpless, when lies are reigning, when fear and indifference are growing, Father, may your kingdom come. When joy is missing, when love is missing and unbelief is growing, Lord Jesus, may your kingdom come. Holy Spirit, may your kingdom come into our church, our praying and our praise, into our hearts, our hands and our eyes. And so in the name of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, may your kingdom come soon. Amen. Paid my ransom. Your wounds have paid my.